You're listening to a Budapest Beacon podcast. My name is Ben Novak. Joining me today, Mr. Peter Erde. He is an editor with 444.hu, a Hungarian news website. Peter, thank you very much for coming by today. Uh, hello and uh, welcome. You guys published a pretty in-depth story covering something that a lot of international outlets and Hungarian outlets have also touched on, which is this uh, Hungary has become a playground for these international far-right leaders. British far-right politicians James Dawson and Nick Griffin came to Hungary. Their presence in Hungary was widely reported. Last week, it was reported that both men were declared persona non grata by the yes. Ministry of the Interior. I just got off the phone with Jim, Tim Dawson, James Dawson. We we've been covering this. So basically, in March, there was a anti-Soros, George Soros uh, conference organized by... Uh, a group called Identites, uh, Young Far-Right Radicals. And they invited speakers from all over the world to discuss the harmful ideologies of George Soros. On that event, uh, Nick Griffin, a former leader of the British National Party, was speaking. And we spoke to him after the event. And then he told us that he was uh, planning to move to Hungary and the reason why he's doing this is because there's already a big right-wing uh, nationalist emigre community living here. For our listeners, I took the liberty of obtaining a recording of this interview, and I'm just going to play this okay, here. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very pleased uh, that uh, Hungary is taking a leading role uh, in not just uh, confronting the Soros problem, uh, but generally saying that uh, the sovereign nations of Europe have a right not just to their freedom but also to long-term survival uh, and Hungary is actually doing something about it. So it's a, there's the broad spectrum from uh, building the wall to encouraging or making it uh, actually state help for young Hungarian families to have uh, large families and addressing the Soros problem indicates uh, a government which uh, doesn't want to commit national suicide. That's very refreshing for someone coming from the West. Given all this, would you consider coming here and living here? Absolutely, yes, I intend to. You intend to live yes. in Hungary? Yes. How? What sort of time frame are we looking at? Um, hopefully the next six months. You're moving here? Yes. Okay. And where will you, will you live in Budapest? Or? Uh, that depends. I'm, I love Budapest, I think it's a fantastic city, but I'm a country boy really, so I'll probably live somewhere out in the, out in the sticks, as we would say in England. Well, for example, you've been to Ashotalom? I've been to Ashotalom. Um, have you been to Matra? Uh, I've been to the Matra Mountains. I'm I'm not a fan of great flat countryside. Okay. Uh, so uh, the hills around uh, Balaton, uh, Matra, and so on uh, are more attractive to me. But uh, we'll we'll see what fate brings. And you'll but you'll continue with your activism, your political activism, even even yes. after you move here. So. Absolutely, uh, Hungary and Budapest are a very good hub. Uh, there's already a, a sort of nationalist emigre community building up here. There's uh, there's French, uh, there's Italians, there's Swedes. Uh, and Brits as well, so it's it's only a trickle at presence. I have no doubt at all that when the uh, the trouble really begins with Al Qaeda and ISIS in Western Europe, that trickle is going to become a flood. And I uh, I hope that Hungary, the Hungarian government, and Hungary pe Hungarian people will welcome people who are genuine refugees from Western Europe, but keep out the liberals who have brought Western Europe to this state in the first place. Okay, so that was Nick Griffin. Yeah, you could, uh, when I was talking to him back in March, I was so surprised. I, I was just asking him, 
he's he kept like talking about how great Hungary is for six minutes and at the end of it I was like so are you willing to move here will you are you willing to put your money where your mouth is but I did, it completely caught me off guard you could hear me being totally surprised he was quite candid with you he yeah. said he said a number of things so he he said he's gonna be moving here um, interestingly he knew quite a bit about Hungarian geography so he knew not about just it. that but before before or this uh, dialogue, this short interview, he gave a speech at the anti-Soros conference. Actually, he was, I think, the keynote speaker. He was the first, the, the, the most important speaker. And in his speech, he referred to things in Hungary, in Budapest. So, for example, he said the, the headquarters of the Soros movement, or one of the headquarters of the Soros movement, would be a place, a, a thing called Project Aurora. Now, Aurora is this small bar, bar in... Aurora Street. It's, it's like if, if for those of you who don't live in Budapest, Aurora is this dive place. It's I, I wouldn't even call it a ruin pub. It's kind of like just this dive place in the Eighth District. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a lefty environment. Yeah, it but is, it's, but it's it, they are, they are not a significant sort of player. I wouldn't even call it. They they are sure there are some sort of activism around Aurora. People tend to go there and listen to lectures and stuff like that. But they are not an influencer of any sort of event in Hungary. I think most people, not, I'm, I don't, I think I know that most people are not even aware that they exist. So for Nick Griffin, a former leader of the British National Party to to come here to speak about Soros and to, to say Aurora and he knew- To even know about it. To is. know about it and to, to know the name of the uh, NGO who operates, like it was so unreal. He had such deep knowledge about what goes on in Budapest. So yeah, so we we spoke to him, and after that, and especially after his comments on the nationalist immigrant community being in Hungary, many people uh, started to look into this. Major uh, Naranj did a piece, Hati Valas did a piece, a couple of other outlets looked into it, and uh, I think the Independent and and AP and some of the international news agencies also picked up what he said. So after this, there was sort of intense attention there was an increased attention on on what goes on here and i think that may have had something to do with the government's uh, latest sort of move in which they expelled uh, both nick griffin and as you say james james dawson who did not speak at the soros conference but who attended what's interesting about um this interview you did with him was that he was quite open about how there's this very good hub of these you know this international emigre community here that espouses the kinds of values that he espouses after this we spent two and a half months sort of trying to figure out who he meant so we we tried to find the French and we, we tried to speak to them and we found the Swedes and we we spoke to them as well. So there's a guy called Daniel Freeberg. Mm-hmm. We mentioned him in our article this week. He's a CEO of a publisher called Arctos. Mm-hmm. They are a relatively big player in the alt-right or new-right, hard-right, whatever you want to call it, scene. They own the exclusive rights to, to publish... Uh, Alexander Dugin in English, yeah, and a couple of other a big Russian ideologue. It's, he's uh, Putin's main ideologue, and and not just him, but other sort of important quote unquote important alt right thinkers. Their thing is to translate this to English and to other languages, and that sells well. So Arctos is a really successful publisher. Daniel Friedberg, he's a 
he was a Swedish businessman. I think he ran a mining company for a while and stuff like that. And then he found this, you know, niche and uh, he made it a successful business. And he also moved here or partially moved here. He is living, uh, you know, in Hungary and in Sweden. He rents a flat at Andrashi Street and he frequents, you know, events of the, the far right movements. Many people thought that the expulsion of Griffin and Dawson was sort of a message to the other people accord, uh, among which, you know, Friedberg also to keep a distance, to not interfere. Maybe tone, tone it down a bit yeah. or not be as public, perhaps. Yeah, not do not, you know, interfere with Hungarian politics. Well, it's it's interesting that you you bring that up. What kind of stood out to me from from Griffin's statements in this interview also was that, you know, he talked about this this trickle of this international immigrant community turning into a big flood of people that would eventually come here. He was quite open in his praise of Prime Minister Orban. So how do you make sense of that? I mean, judging on the situation, how you see these groups, these Hungarian groups interacting with these, uh, you know, these international far-right uh, figures and these far-right figures praising Prime Minister Orban, how do you make sense of all of this? I think that most of whom we spoke to uh, from this community do admire Orban's politics. But I think some of them are more, you know, more radical, just their politics are more radical than what Fidesz does. And I think that the expulsion may be related to Identitas and Betyar Shereg. These are all radical writing organizations. But and there's a rumor that they're actually going to form a party. Yeah, so they, they are planning to, to, to step into party politics. And I think this might have been connected to that. So... Griffin and Dawson was like, you know, making noise around these organizations. We know that Dawson supported Betyar Shereg and uh, the Hungarian self-defense movement and other sort of radical right-wing movement. With you know, Betyar Shereg, for those who, who don't know what this is, it's, it's translated to the Outlaws Army, and it's an extremely violent far-right group. I mean, these guys are, they have, they're quite known for harassing, you know, minority groups in the countryside. Yes, that, that's true. They are not, they they want to project this image of, of themselves. power themselves. and strength. And they want to be, I think, feared. So if you look at them, I was speaking, I was speaking to Dawson and, and he asked me if I found Betyar Shereg uh, sort of fear inspiring or like if, if I fear them. And I was like... Listen, I don't know, but they definitely want to project this image. These are these huge buff, bull, naked guy. I'm um, sorry, not naked. Whoa, whoa. Uh, no, Which yeah, yeah, have yeah, you been looking at? No, no. That, that's, <laughs> uh, that's so these uh, bald, buff guys with the, wearing the, the, the black bomber jackets and, and, uh, and the boots. And so obviously they want, to, they want to project some sort of image. And they organize these marches in villages where there are like Roma minority living. And uh, so, yeah, I think that the Hungarian authorities, and I'm just guessing here, we spoke to we spoke to uh, people uh, from the from sort of the national security community, and they told us a couple of stuff. But 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 I'm guessing here that, and this is what what we heard, that they felt that uh, Griffin and Dawson were getting too sort of like if they didn't expel them now. Maybe six six months from now, it would be a lot more difficult to get rid of them. And they didn't like the things they were planning. They didn't like it probably politically. They felt that this new party, these groups were forming, might 
you know, pose some kind of a threat to... Which is a really interesting point, because what we saw, and this may go a little bit off, off topic, but to kind of put this in perspective for those who would be a little bit more interested in how domestic politics work here, is that with the refugee crisis, we saw that Fidesz took a sharp turn to the right. Yeah. They outrighted Yulbik, which is the far right. And then, so you have far right Fidesz, farther right Yulbik, and then you, you have a far, far, far right which is these identites, uh, betyar shereg. Self-defense movement. Self-defense movements. This, uh, what's this guy's name? Oros Mihai Zoltan. Yeah, the, he's a mayor of Erpatak. Erpatak model system. So you have the far right, far, far right, far, 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 far yeah, right. They are all competing sort of for the same block of voters. So even though I don't think that any new group would pose a serious threat to Fidesz's power, but... Uh, the next election is in 2018, and uh, and Fidesz, I think, is pretty much confident that they are going to win the election. I think the main question for them if they are going to win a supermajority, which would enable them to continue to do whatever they want without you know any real checks and balances in the parliament. And I think that these groups, these far-right groups, since they all compete for the same block of voters, as we said, it, it might they might feel that you know the supermajority is not not a sure thing for them yet you know let's not risk anything let's not you know see how many voters can these uh, groups scoop up and i think this this might be one of the reasons why they decided to move against griffin and dawson who they might have saw as key figures let me hit you with an idea yeah um Tomasz fabian with index.hu wrote a wrote an article kind of uh that, that summarized how Identitas, Betyar Shereg, and this Erpatak model group um, would are planning some kind of political party here. And what he suggests in his article is that the way the pro-government media has been covering this, they've been giving it quite a bit of attention, even despite the fact that these is, this is still a pretty small, very marginal uh, movement. And what he says in his article, what he suggests is that, you know, this at the end of the day may be something that Fidesz would welcome because what it does is it further breaks up Yobik's base. That's true. And I think that's a fair assessment. But I think that there are no, there's no one grand plan which the government would be following. There's like, they are looking at scenarios. They are looking at how likely each of these scenarios would be. And I think on one hand, it is true that this new group would bite into your big's power base or voting base, and that would be beneficial for the government. But on the other hand, because the government moved so far right in the past few years because of the refugee crisis and because, you know, this is what they wanted to do, that they can't, can't be really sure. So on, I'm sure that to some extent, this movement could be beneficial for them politically if they grow a bit larger than they are now to hurt Yobik, but not big enough to hurt Fidesz. So mm. I think it's not an easy thing to decide how big they can let it grow. And they might have felt that, you know, getting uh, Dawson and Griffin out of the picture. And I spoke to Jim Dawson, James Dawson uh, a couple of uh, an hour ago, and he told me that he was never involved in this party thing, whatever that, I mean, like, this is what he claimed. Mm. And so... I think this, this. But he knows about it. He knew about it. He knew he's you know he worked with these groups, and I think he he does not you know dispute that at all. He said that he considers these groups you know 
good Christian, patriotic, right-wing, conservative groups, something that he, he likes very much. But he said specifically about th these plans to form a party, he was not involved with that. But he's fighting this uh, expulsion now, so you know he's motivated to, to tell this story. I, I, I also see there could be other factors influencing the government's decision to do this. So you made it, it may also be an appeal to the West saying that, hey, we aren't as far right as you think we yeah, are. Exactly. But in reality, what's what's so strange about it is that you got you have these, you know, this this far right emigre community coming to Hungary and uh, they seem to be singing Viktor Orban's praises. I think not just that, but in March at the at the Stop Soros conference, we listened to the speakers and to be perfectly honest, the, the things they, they spoke about, they said about Soros and liberalism and whatnot, is ex like exactly what the government says. Like if you listen to Viktor or the prime minister's uh, annual state of the country speech, mm -hmm. which he gives every end of January, I think, yeah. early February. And this, this year was about the refugee crisis and George Soros and predators looking to, and how there's like an organized effort to like push migrants onto Europe. Like th those were the exact things that comes from the, from the fringes of the far right. So if you looked at the sort of substance of what the people at the Stop Soros conference were saying, who are labeled, you know, far, far right, and what the government is saying, there's there's no big difference there. So it's not just that they praise Orban. They do praise Orban, but they are saying the exact same thing. And I think where there, this could have been a, a motivation, like what you said, that they wanted to show their better face to, to Europe since they have so much criticism because of the... CEU law and because what they are planning to do with the NGOs and generally the policies, the, the, the far-right policies of the government that they wanted to have. And this is a low political cost move. So mm -hmm. they won't really lose any significant support. Not domestically, they, no. Yeah, to, because they expelled. And, and when I spoke to Dawson, he said he felt that this might have been uh, a lone sort of tech uh, initiative. Like maybe the government is not even aware what goes on and maybe this, like, he wanted to believe, he likes Orban Victor and the government so much, that he wanted to believe that this could have happened without the knowledge of the, you know, the operations of the Hungarian government. Unlikely. Yeah, which yeah. is, I, which, is <laughs> unlikely. I, which is I think is unlikely. Let's quickly touch on on uh, Nick Griffin's and James Dawson's, uh, Jim Dawson's connections to the Hungarian far right. Now, we, we talked about Betyar Sereg, we talked about the Hatvanir Vár Megye, the 64 counties, uh, extremist groups. What are, their, what are the connections of these British politicians to these groups? So I think that Jim Dawson came here in 2000 or the early 2000s uh, initially. He was involved in these pro-life, anti-abortion Christian things. And he found people here, I think back then they were just individuals that sort of shared his philosophy and they started working together and they held conferences and stuff like that. And then I'm not I'm not entirely sure what was sort of the first contact with Betyar Shereg and Umidir Moskom, but obviously he's someone who's, uh, who's very much interested in these militant organizations. And uh, basically, he told us back in March or early April that he was uh, supporting Betyar Shereg with Tactical West. So these are uh, these are sort of West what police would wear, which had like you know various pockets for you know handcuffs. Tactical vests. Yeah, it's called a tactical vest. 
I don't I don't own one, so I'm not an I don't have an Well you should join Yeah and you might have gotten one. Or yeah, (laughs) if I can get in. So and he also he he told us that he financially support identities. I'm not entirely sure what that means. That probably just means that for their events he helped, you know, rent venues and stuff like that. So I don't I don't think he really paid all that, but I'm sure that he he did support them. And uh, he also helped them organize. This is a guy who has, I think, more knowledge about, you know, political organization in general than these young people have in Hungary. And he has international connections. He's, uh, he, he's said to be a really rich guy. I'm not sure about his personal wealth, but the Guardian referred to him as a far-right millionaire. So that would be a billionaire in, uh, in Hungarian terms. And um, he also owns a, I'm not sure about the ownership situation, but he controls something called the Patriotic News Network. Actually, he founded that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, he launched the Patriot, which which uh, he himself declared was there to ruin, tarnish Hillary Clinton's camp, uh, yeah, reputation he, during he, the presidential election. Yeah, so that's, that's a network of uh, Facebook groups, Facebook fan pages, but they have big reach. So Knights Templar International, one of his organizations, have over 500,000 fans on Facebook, which is a big audience. And uh, he used his network during the US presidential election to help Trump and during the Brexit vote to to further the Brexit cause. And uh, so he told us that he employs five people here in Hungary these people are from the 64 county, this, another sort of uh, militant movement from the far right, that he employs these people to curate content on his various uh, Facebook groups and pages. Interestingly, 64 counties, um, weren't they also responsible for uh, vandalizing the outside of... Of Aurora? Of Aurora. Sure. They went to, well, vandalize. I mean, they spray, spray painted, painted some, some stuff, stuff on the Soros, George Soros, something George on Soros the stuff on a pavement. So as much as... You know, some people might have unpleasant. It wasn't exactly like a huge thing, I think. And But sure, so these people, they organized. Uh, Dawson told us that, so he has this group, Knights Templar International. Sounds really, I don't know. Regal. Indiana Jones. And, um, and so his, uh, so this group, he meant this to be an umbrella organization over far-right militant groups of Europe that he said that these groups like Betyar Shereg and, and so forth, they needed sort of moral guidance. So his basic premise is a big war is coming to Europe. And this is unavoidable. And he feels that there's going to be militias protecting people like himself. So he needs to create this network of militias, not just in Hungary, he's active in Serbia as well, and I think in Bulgaria and maybe in Macedonia too. And so he wants to pull these groups together, create some kind of a network with them. He he will give them moral guidance, what's right, what's not. What's and and like an ideological underpinning, that's, that's what it sounded like based off his statements was that, you know, right now, if these guys don't have an ideology, don't have some kind of moral compass, yeah. then other, they're just like these loose cannons. But the second you give them that, you know, that direction, then, you know, then they serve a purpose. He was, he was quite, you know, honest and frank with us about his intentions of providing this moral compass to these groups. And he was really proud that he got... Hungarian uh, radicals and Serbian radicals who sit usually down at the same table. sit down at the same table who usually don't 
you know don't like to sit down together but they much like more like to beat each other up and uh and i think this was his intention again i'm not you know familiar with the inner sort of assessment of the national security agencies of hungary but i could see how this could be perceived as a threat to someone wanting to organize these fringe radical militant groups of hungary to serve you know a common purpose and this is you know up for interpretation so his interpretation would be i'm just giving them a moral compass i just want to make sure they do right they are christian whatnot it it doesn't need itself it doesn't need to be you know harmful or anything but if you look at you at it from a different perspective maybe from the perspective of the national security agency what you see is there's a foreign national talking to these militant groups trying to pull them together trying to organize, organize them. them to to a network trying to support them with either money or uh, tactical west or whatnot and we might not want to see it i think it will be interesting though to see because jim so he's he's planning to fight this. He's planning to fight this in court. He was telling me that he's willing to go to the European Courts of Human Rights, which is sort of yeah for a Eurosceptic uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, it was you know it was it was interesting to hear that. But I think that as much as I'm not familiar with the with the legal process, I think that it would be difficult for the government to prove its case. I mean, unless there's something really significant that we are not aware of. Which, you know, there may be, but why wouldn't have? Why wouldn't the, the government just release it? I mean, if they had something big against this guy, it would be to serve their political interest, to show that they are not, you know, as far right as you know they seem to be. It would make sense for them to release all possible information about this instead of just, you know, silently uh, expelling these people. He told me that this happened six weeks ago. The and this only broke last week. Yeah, the the, the news broke just broke last week so it was all hush hush they didn't i think that this might have been something that they told their allies quote unquote and in the eu maybe they told the brits but they didn't necessarily wanted to make a big thing out of it and uh anyway i'd be just really interested to see how this goes if this if this goes in front of a court what kind of evidence can the because he was expelled on uh, national security guns and that could be many things but i think it will be difficult to prove and i think in general it is difficult to expel an eu national from an eu country so anyway i'd be just interested to see what sort of you know legal framework or ideas the government have about this all right there we have it mr peter adde thanks for coming by thank you goodbye